This is my Bible. Now, hold on a second. Listen to this next part. Okay, it's very important. Say this after me. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys sound great this morning. We are in week three of our series, Uncommon. And today we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite topic, patience. Patience, yes. Our fun topic. How many of you like to wait? You're just, you're so patient. Nothing really riles you. You're okay with every, everything's going to be fine. It'll be okay. You know, you're just one of those patient. I don't know very many people like that. Sue, you just gone to line in church. I saw you raise your hand. That's not true. You know, most of us have challenges with patience, especially when we're having to wait on God to do something. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible. There's a, there's a verse. My dad's talked to me about this before. And this is what he'll say. Hey, son, it's going to happen when it's going to happen. And, and the scripture says it this way. In the fullness of time. In the fullness of time, this would happen. Or in the fullness of time, that would happen. But here's the challenge for most of us. We don't know when the fullness of time is. Most of us want life to be like baking a cake. You set a timer, you hit the button, you step back, it dings, all good, right? But I have noticed in life that that's not the way that God works. God's timing is different than our timing, and it's because God's timing is perfect. And God always has a plan, and it's difficult to be patient, even if we know that something good is coming. Even if we know that if we wait, it's going to be good, even that is difficult. And there's a video that I want to show you guys here in a minute. I'm just going to give you some background on it. There, there's a church, and they're taking these kids out of some kind of a classroom, and they're saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a marshmallow, but if you'll wait, we're going to come back, and if you don't eat this at all, if, we're going to come back, and we're going to give you two marshmallows if you'll wait. The deal is they don't tell them when they're going to come back. And so these kids have to sit there, and I think these kids represent many of us when we're waiting on God to do something. So let's watch this video real quick. Okay, sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you two, another one, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? All right.
So it's up to you. You can have it now or you can wait. Okay? I'll be back. Stay in the chair, okay? Okay. Watch that girl. She's going to eat the whole plate. Did y'all know? How many redheads do I have? Yeah, you saw how that went. She's giving her the instructions. She's like, hey, waiting, Jack. I'm going to eat this thing right now. But I thought that, that little boy, that little blonde-headed boy, didn't he do so good? And, and he was so patient. I love the one little boy leaned over and kissed it. He's like, oh. <laughs> he was very excited. But, but I think about these promises, and this is where you have to come to as a believer. God has given us promises. As his child, God has made you some promises, some guarantees in the Bible. But here's the thing. They're not going to come to pass until God's timing. And the, and the truth is, you don't know when God's going to bring these things to pass. And so it's kind of like us with the marshmallows. God says, look, I'm going to give you these promises, these great and precious promises, but you have to wait. You have to wait. And you say, well, God, how long do I have to wait? And he said, till you're ready. And he said, said, God, when am I going to be ready? He said, when you're going to be ready. I said, how will I know? You'll know when you're ready. When will I know that? You'll know. You say, Pastor, how does that work? Listen, God's timing is perfect. In the fullness of time. And we all have a part to play in this process. Look at Romans 12, verse 2. Here's what it says. This has been our verse for the series. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you think. Then, when that happens, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That word transform is the Greek word metamorphosis, which is the the visualization most of you remember in school where there was a caterpillar and it got a cocoon, and then after it came out, it was a butterfly. It's it's completely transformed, and that's what God does in our, our lives. He transforms us, but notice it's not from the outside in. It's from the inside out. And he begins that great transformation process. When we receive Jesus as Savior, when we accept the Holy Spirit into our lives, he begins to work in on our insides, and he changes us from the inside out by changing primarily the way that we think. Look at Proverbs 16, verse 32, talking about 
patience, uncommon patience. Better a patient man than a warrior. A man who controls his temper is better than one who takes a city. In other words, it's better to be patient than an angry, argumentative, controlling fighter or person. You know, when we become impatient in life, it becomes very, very difficult for us to succeed and become the kind of people that God wants us to be. You know, um, I think about that scripture and I think about how we in our society right now, probably more than ever, everything's instant. You know, we go through the drive-thru and we get mad if we have to sit there a couple of minutes or we order something online from Amazon and within 24, 48 hours it's here and we've gotten in life where everything has to be right now. But can I tell you something? God's way of doing things is less about a microwave and more about a crock pot. I'll say that again. God's way of doing things, transformation, is not, not like a microwave. It's more like a crock pot. It's going to take a while. It's going to allow this process to take place in our lives, and it forces us to be patient. It forces us to be patient. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 13 through 15. This is what Paul had to say in the New Testament. Live in peace with each other, and we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, and be patient with only those people who are patient with you. Is that what it says? Be patient with who? Don't you love it when the scripture says stuff like that? Be patient with everybody. Espe you know, you can almost put in parentheses, especially those that you don't want to be patient with and you want to choke. Anybody have anybody like that in your life that it's difficult to be patient with them? Verse 15, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. So here's the question when I think about a sermon like this. Why should I be patient? Why is patience better than being impatient? Well, look at number one on your notes, and I'm going to give you some real practical things here that we can take home today. Number one, a patient person can help heal a broken relationship. Let's say that again. A patient person can help heal a broken relationship. And I put in parentheses, and I'd like you to write this out. Note takers, write this down. And keep relationships solid. And keep relationships solid. So here's how I'd like you to read. A patient person can, heal, can help heal a broken relationship, but a patient person can also keep relationships solid. How does that work? Proverbs 15, 18 says this. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension. But a patient man calms a quarrel. Let me put it to you this way. How many times have you or somebody else you know said, uh-oh, here comes trouble? Has anybody ever said that about you? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-oh, here comes trouble. What does that mean? Here comes this person. When they get into the environment, trouble's kind of coming with them. They, I mean, they are, they are, something's going to happen. Because they're a catalyst for stuff that goes on. And a lot of times the reason they're that way is because they're not very patient people. They want something to go on now. They're sitting at the table waiting for, to, to get their food order and it's not here quick enough. It's like, I want it right now. I'm hungry right now. You should have been ready when I walked in the door. They're, they're unreasonable people. And here's the problem with that. It is hard to establish relationships with people that are unreasonable. 
It is hard to establish relationships with people that are not patient. Because life is about seasons and life is about being patient. You know, uh, God has such an amazing sense of humor. And for those of you that haven't been here very long, you will quickly learn, if you're here for any length of time, that power tools, hammers, nails, that I, I'm really forbidden from being around a lot of these things. It's for, for two different groups of safety, my own and yours, okay? So I'm not really allowed to operate heavy machinery or anything like that. But this week, Trisha said, hey, I need you to help me hang a bookshelf. This is a really simple project. The, the, it's one shelf, and it's the little deal. The holes are already pre-drilled. I need you just to get up here. It's probably going to take, you know, I'm thinking it's going to take 15 minutes. It should have taken 15 minutes. So I've got these brand new drills that I've got for Christmas. I've never used, very excited. So I get over there and I think, okay, it's Tuesday. I've got to go to work and work on my sermon. So I'm going to get in here before work and I'm going to go in here. I'm going to put this shelf up. Trish said, I'll help you. I said, that's fantastic. So we get in there and I start putting the shelf together, y'all. It was awesome. Batteries fully charged. I go, well, well, it's going into a wall and the first hole, not the second one. The first hole, I hit a knot, okay? And I'm trying to get the screw in the, the knot, and it's not going in there. And I'm pressing on it. It's going, you know, and doing that whole thing. And Trisha's like, hey, baby, you might want to. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so then I grab a drill bit so I can pilot the hole out because I saw this on Home and Garden Television, Okay? And so I put this thing in there, and I, I've got this lined up, and, and I try to go in there. And the, the screw drill bit thingy broke in half. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> Home and Garden Television did not prepare me for this event. This is the first hole. It's 30 minutes into this deal, and I haven't even gotten one hole done yet. So here's what happens. It's 50 degrees, right? It's beautiful. I'm sitting here working on this thing, and I start sweating. And the reason I start sweating is because I'm starting to get frustrated. And the reason I'm getting frustrated is because I'm an idiot, and I don't know how to drill holes into wood. Right? And Trish was so awesome. She was sitting there going, oh, babe, you've got this. It's going to be fine. I'm like, oh, no, I've got it. It's going to be fine. Who did I call? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'll deal with you later. You're already on my list. Um, so anyway, I get in there, finally get the holes done, finally get this thing going, and Trisha's sitting there talking. She goes, baby, you're doing so She's doing great. She's doing, you're doing so good. I'm getting this in there. Now it's been an hour, y'all, an hour for something that literally should have taken like 15 minutes. I'm getting this all done. And she goes, hey, what are you preaching on this week? I said, leave me alone. I'm preaching on patience. <laughs> Seriously. You know, and, and there's so many times in life we run into things like that situation where we just need to be patient. Everything's going to be okay. Getting frustrated doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anything, does it? But it definitely doesn't help in relationships. Because, see, here's what happens. When two people are having challenges in relationships, if one of them gets upset, it changes the dynamic between the two. And if you want to heal relationships, you have to be willing and able to say, you know what, I'm going to have a little patience here. I'm going to step back 
right now. And you know what I was saying to myself when I was drilling that hole? I really did good. I didn't throw anything. It was awesome. As I said, slow down to go fast. Slow down. Slow down. Finally got it all done. Trish was like, you did such a great job. I'm like, yep, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Next time I'll call somebody so, so nobody will get hurt. Look at this. Look at Proverbs 25, 15. Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded. Through patience, change can come, and a ruler can be persuaded. And here's what that means. If, if people come to me and say, hey, pastor, I want to do this thing, and we got this going, I want to do it. And I say, hey, when do you want to do it? We need to do it right now. We need to do it, pastor. We got to do this right now. What am I probably going to do? No, we can't do it right now. But let's sit on it. Let's think about it. Let's pray about it. Let's discuss. But it, so if you're patient, you can get change to come. But when we jump into these situations sometimes and we try to make things happen, you know what we end up doing? We end up messing up our relationships. We end up getting our projects stopped. And most of us need to learn to slow down and be patient. And most of all, trust God's timing. In the Bible, there's a story of a guy named Joseph. And Joseph, in the Old Testament, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. His own family betrayed him, threw him in a hole. They were going to kill him. Ended up taking him out and selling him to some slave traders. Told his dad he got eaten by a wild animal. Later in life, years later, Joseph is thrown in prison for false accusations. After many, many years, a couple decades, he's promoted to be the number two person in the kingdom of Egypt. He has power. He has power. And one day his brothers show up looking for food. They don't realize. They thought he was gone. Probably figured he was dead. And now he has been delivered into their hands. Let me tell you... uh, Ways that you can test people to see what they're made of. It's two ways. The first thing you can do is put them under extreme pressure. And you'll find out what's on the inside. The second thing you can do is bless them. Give them power. Because what happens is stress and power both show who you are on the inside. Both of those things do. And now Joseph is in a position where he has authority over them. He could speak a word, and these guys who messed his life up, he, can, he has them in the palm of his hand. All he has to do is give the word, and they're all dead. Paybacks. But what does Joseph do? He forgives them, and he says these words that many of you have heard, but maybe you didn't know where it came from. Joseph said this to his brothers. What the devil meant for evil, God has used for good. The salvation of many people. See, he was patient. And he didn't allow his flesh to rise up and overcome him. Amen? So number one, a patient person can help heal a broken relationship and keep relationships solid. Look at number two in your notes. A patient person gives God time to work. A patient person gives God time to work. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. Notice what this is. This is one of those scripture verses like an Oreo cookie, okay? On the front end is good. The back end is good. And it's good in the middle too. But in the front and the back, they're both saying the same thing. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Be encouraged. Wait for God. I looked up the Hebrew word for wait. And here's what it means, patience and waiting in God's vernacular and and the way they wrote it in the Hebrew language is expectant, expectantly wait. It's not sitting back passive 
and just hoping that something happens. This word wait means expecting God to do something. Expecting him to do something. You know, I, I think about around the holidays when all the cooking's going on and, and you go by and you, you walk through the kitchen maybe or, and you smell all the stuff going on in the kitchen and you say, hey, how much longer is it going to be? And you look over and realize there's like 35 minutes left and then this pie cake, whatever it is, is going to come out. And you know it's going to be good because you smell it. Here's the deal. You have an expectation. And that's how God wants us to wait, expectantly. God is going to do this. Remember what I said to you at the beginning of the message today is that God has made you some promises. There are some guarantees that God has made every person in this room if you are a follower of Christ. He has promised you some things. And you need to wait for them expectantly. Just like waiting for that oven to ding and those things that open. God will fulfill his promise. Pastor, when is it going to happen? In the fullness of time. In the fullness of time. Look at that verse again. Wait for the Lord. Expectantly wait for the Lord. Anticipate him. Be strong. You have to be strong in your waiting. You have to take heart and be encouraged in your waiting. Wait for the Lord. You know, Abraham, we call him Father Abraham. He's the one that uh, God called out and created the nation, the Israel nation, the Hebrew people. He was the first one. God comes in here and, and gives him some promises. He didn't have any children. God gives him a promise and says, hey, hey, check it out. You're going to be the father of many nations. He said, God, I don't even have any kids. And God says, you're going to have a son. Now, up around 90-something years of age, how many of you find that that would be a little hard to believe? And so for years, Abraham and his wife are waiting for this son to come in their elderly, elderly age, right? They're getting on up there, and they decide they're going to do what a lot of us do. God, we're going to help you out. God, I know that you made me this promise, but I think maybe you've forgotten what's going on, or maybe your time frame's not working with mine. So God, I'm just going to help you out a little bit. And they did. And do you know to this day, the world is dealing with the fact that they decided to help God out a little bit and have a child in a different way, make things happen? I can just tell you, if you look at my personality profile, it, it almost says at the very beginning there, likes to make things happen. You know, a lot of times if I get ahead of God, what I, I will make something happen, all right, and it's going to be a mess. And I want to tell you where that really is important, again, going back to relationships, where we're trying to make things work. We're trying to force things to happen. We're trying to maybe even sometimes manipulate things so things will work the way that we think they should. And what ends up happening is we end up messing up God's timetable. We end up making a mess of things. And now, instead of us being patiently waiting like the young man with the two marshmallows, we start fooling with things. And what ends up happening sometimes, y'all, is we miss the blessing that God has for us because we get impatient. So let's not be those kind of people. Let's wait on God to do what he wants to do. So a patient person, number two, a patient person gives God time to work. Uh, Romans 8.25 says this, But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it How? patiently 
You know, right now you can go online or go to any Christian bookstore and there will be a section in that bookstore that's probably called something like this, God's Promises. Any of you have a book like that, God's Promises? You bet, most of us do. And in that book, there'll be promises about your health and promises about your family, your job. And they've done a wonderful job. Most of these people have done a great job of going through and finding all these situations that we encounter in life and finding scriptures that go along with it. You know, those are great promises, aren't they? Those are fantastic promises. And that's where Roman 8.25 comes in. But if we hope for what we do not have, if we hope in those promises, we have to wait for them patiently, expectantly. Better a patient man than a warrior. Better a patient man than an angry fighter. Let's look at number three. Then I'll be getting ready to close. Here's the reason, guys, we need to be patient because that's how God works in relationships and heals relationships. If we're patient, it gives God time to work. And here's the third reason that we need to be patient in our lives is because God is patient with you. (laughs) How many of you are glad that God is patient with you? Amen. But have you noticed something that I find interesting, and I do the same thing that probably many of you guys do? I want God to treat me one way, but I want him to treat other people different. I'll say that again. I want God to treat me one way, but I want him to treat other people different. It goes something kind of like this. God, you know I've been messing up, Lord, and I just pray, and and I'm going to confess this thing to you, Lord. I thank you for your patience, Lord. I thank you for that. But God, can I tell you about such and such? They are a knucklehead, Lord. And I just wish you'd judge them, God. Just matter of fact, God, just squash them like a little bitty bug. I'd appreciate that, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thanks for loving me, God. Squatch him, Jesus. Amen. Right? Because here's the deal. I want him to be patient with me, but I don't necessarily want him to be patient with you. Look at this scripture. Watch this. 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9. This is awesome. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord... A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow. Look at this. Please, circle this in your notes. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with who? With you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Are you glad that God is patient with you? You know, can I just say this? I want Jesus to come back. Our world's in a mess. But can I say this too? There's lots of friends, neighbors, and family members that we all have that don't know him. And the reason Jesus hadn't just showed up yet is there's still people he's wanting to bring in. You know, next week is an opportunity maybe for you to bring some of those folks to church so that they can hear the gospel, the good news. God is patient with us because he loves us. And can I just say this to you? We should be patient with people and show them God's love that way. We really should. You know, but it's difficult. Patience is difficult. And sometimes we want to work the system and work God around. Uh, There was a guy that was talking to God. he He was praying, talking to God. He says, God, how long is a million years to you, God? And God answered the man and said, to me, it's about a minute. 
million years is just like a minute. He said, wow. He sat there a minute and he says, God, how much is a million dollars to you? God said, hmm, well, it's about a penny. It's a million dollars to me. It's just like a penny to you. The guy sat there a minute and said, hey, God, can I have a penny? And God said, hey, just give me a minute. <laughs> God's not in a hurry, y'all. Okay? And, and I want you to know something that it is really true. God has, the Bible says that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God is not poor. God is in control of time. He's got everything under control. And the, and the older I get, the more I realize that. Can I tell you something? For some of you that have been here for years and years, this building outside, a couple of the guys and I were talking about the other day, do you realize that that thing's been in people's hearts for about 30 years? Some of you were here when those conversations first began, 30 years. But can I tell you something? In the fullness of time, God brings about his plan. And our job is to be patient. Because I, I want to tell you something right now, and this is for somebody. There's a couple people in this room that you're going through a transition. Maybe it's in life or maybe it's work, and you're not sure exactly what next steps you're supposed to take. And, and you're wanting something to happen, and you feel like, God, I just need this to happen right now. And you're on the brink of making some decisions that you're trying to force God's hand. You're trying to make it happen. Folks, I want you to know that's a mistake. Be still. Be still and know that he's God. Wait expectantly for him. You know, I, I found most of these notes from a guy named Craig Rochelle, and he's just an incredible pastor, incredible Christian leader. But as I was reading this message, I felt like something was missing that I wanted to share with you guys. And it's this last point that I wrote for y'all because I feel like that this is the key. Here's the way that we can have uncommon patience. For those of you that struggle with it, for those of you that are waiting on God, there's a key. And here's the key. The key to patience is trust. The key to patience is trust. Look at 2 Timothy 1 verse 12. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I know who made the promise. I'm not ashamed. I know that God made this promise to me. And I am convinced, I am positive that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. In other words, I can trust that God made these promises and I can entrust that God's going to bring these promises about in his timing. I can trust him. 2 Samuel 7.28 says this, And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are what? True. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. And it, it goes back to what I was saying to you before. That's why I had to slow down a little bit on this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. But here's the deal. Here's the key. You're not going to be patient if you don't trust that God's going to do what he said. It's a fundamental question. If you believe God, then you will trust his timing. 
But if you don't believe God, then you won't. And as I thought about this and prayed about it this week, I thought, wow, God, this is really the key to this. The reason we rush, the reason that we make decisions sometimes that get us into trouble is that we believe that you don't really mean your promises. And so I'm going to have to help you because I can't trust you. Man, that really hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I thought about the different times in my life that I tried to force God's hand or I tried to get ahead of God and here's why I did it. I didn't really believe him. I didn't really trust him. And can I tell you something? The key to learning to trust God, this is big, y'all. You need to write this down, relationship. The people in this room that I trust the most, and there are some people in here I literally trust with my life, are people that I have a relationship with. I know them. I believe them. I trust them. And I can be patient with those people, and they can be patient with me. Why? Because we have relationship. And when you have relationship, it gives you a foundation, foundation to build trust. And when you have a foundation to build trust, you can be patient. So the key today is not trying to be more patient. The key today is getting to know God. That's the key. And you know the only way that I can have a good relationship with Tricia or really even any of you is built on time. Relationships take time. And I want you to know today, and please hear my heart, guys. You know I love you. You know I love you, and I'm talking to me too. I can't build a good relationship with God if I don't spend any time with him. How can I trust somebody that I don't know? And how can I know somebody I don't spend time with? So if you find yourself today in this room being one of these people that struggles with patience, or maybe there's an area in your life where you know you're not being patient. The key is learning to trust God through relationship. And that's going to take time. And can I just tell you something? When you begin to focus on your relationship with God, things just seem to start working out. Because instead of focusing on the outcome, you're focusing on the most important person in the relationship, God. And then he's going to bring those things to pass. For some of you that are here today, that that's you, I want you to make that decision today. Lord, you know I need patience, but really, what I need is trust. Which means I really need to develop my relationship with you. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much. And I know there's many people in this room like me that, Lord, sometimes can struggle with patience. Lord, I know as I examine my own life, I think of those things that I look back, the biggest regrets, Lord, that I have is some of those were times that I just wasn't patient. Lord, I tried to make things happen. And, Lord, all I did was mess things up. And, Father, there's some people in this room right now I know they're facing decisions where maybe it's in relationships and they're trying to fix the thing. Or maybe there are people that are looking at job transitions and 
They're trying to make things happen. And Lord, they just need to relax and trust your timing. Maybe there's somebody here that's wanting to have a child and they're not sure what your timing is, God. Lord, that they would just trust you. Trust you, God. Lord, I pray today, my biggest prayer in these moments is that each of us would choose to draw closer to you. That each of us would make that decision today to draw close to you. And that we would deepen our relationship with you, God. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son for me and you. He died, y'all, for me and you to make a way to have a relationship with God. If we're here in these moments, and let's, let's just all be honest. Nobody's looking around, please. I'm not going to ask anybody to come forward today, but, but I want to be able to agree with some of you in prayer. If you're here today and you're struggling with patience in a certain area, just lift your hands up and say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. Wow. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Hands all over the room. Father, I pray for these folks that have raised their hands this morning. Lord, I just pray that God, you would reach out and touch them. That Father, they would realize that their solution is not the answer to their problem. The solution is you. And Lord, I just pray that as we've had this time together that we would really reflect in our hearts. And Father, we would choose in this moment to draw closer to you and trust your timing, Lord. To trust and wait on you, God. That we would trust you to deliver your promises at the right time. And I thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to do something a little different today. Trish and I are going to go out front. Rylan's going to close us in song, and Austin's going to come up and pray. I want you guys just to take these next few moments as they're singing, just to reflect on what's going on in your life. Make that decision to trust God, amen. i 
was your foe, still your love fought for me. And you have been so, so good to me. When I felt no No, you won't. 
times of transition and times of trial that we can just sit and rest in your peace. All because of the simple fact that you love us. So God, as we go through another week, as we face another day, help us to press forward and just trust in you every step of the way. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're new with us this morning, Pastor Chris and Trisha are out in the lobby, uh, so make sure you go say hi to them. Um, other than that, you all are dismissed.